We're going to connect. Yep, we're going to connect. And here comes some music, and we're going to get this little show on the road here. changing without our efforts and we try and add a little uh, shoulder to the wheel here see if we can get it going in our direction and that's what we talk about here of course on the radio ranch roger sales is the name and your freedom is my game and uh, that's what we're here for and i hope that's what you're here for and it's the 11th of july the monday 11th and we're on the euro folk radio network and uh here on jitsi we got a nice crowd of folks this morning and it looks like and we probably got some folks listening live and you more than likely are listening on a recorded podcast we're glad to have you wherever whatever your situation dictates that you tap in with us and we're certainly glad you're there think we got some pretty valuable information and insight for you uh let's see how do we want to start today um i guess i'll start with the friday night dinner uh, that we had which was just delightful uh and uh, of course my friend walt uh, is his birthday friday and we don't really do this kind of first time we've done it, and it worked into a hey, I want to go out to to Brichelos, which is this. He's a singer too. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's a superb restaurant. I mean, it's, it, it staggers me that we got a restaurant like that here, and I'd never been there. I'd heard about it, and it's uh, it's not particularly opulent, but it's extremely classy. Uh, they built their own building. It's got arch doorways and a little uh, side wing patio, and the groundskeeping is beautiful, and the food is just exquisite. The service impeccable and uh so i had uh there's about six of us showed up and i had what i've had i've been there twice now and i've had the same thing both times because it's so damn good and that's a they they grilled tuna uh and the first time i had it it had a sauce on it. i love sauces and it had a sauce on it that is from a fruit down here called maracuya which you probably don't don't i know what it is but maybe some of you that travel down here but uh that is what you would call passion fruit and had this passion fruit sauce on this grilled tuna that was just like to die for and uh, the other night they didn't have a sauce but the tuna was exquisite and we had a really nice evening and so that was excellent and uh i guess the next birthday's mine so i think we're going to try and make this a who in the group has a birthday deal and so we're gonna they want to go try the mexican restaurant next time it's a pretty good mexican restaurant here surprisingly enough and uh, so that looks like what we'll do but it was a charming charming restaurant i really like going over there and spending a little money and a little time it's a little expensive but you pay for those sorts of accoutrements you know uh, it'd be a five-star restaurant in any country that, in the world i can promise you and uh, so very very charming friday night don't often get out in the evening uh, ecuador doesn't have a notoriously strong nightlife so we did all that and then let's see saturday was uh, uh, had a uh, had a personal consultation with a gal we were talking about it a little bit uh, before the show dar is her name and she's displaced trying to take care of a deceased sister's estate on the other side of the country and going through unbelievable crap i I'm, these horror stories that we're hearing like judy last week and dar had very similar stuff in her story with her family and you know brother died of a fentanyl overdose and his daughter's a fentanyl addict and their child and you know just all this stuff and you just shake your head and go holy smokes this has got to be happening millions of times every day all over the country 
and it's just sad to me you know and i hope it's sad to you so anyway that was a, a good call and then of course we did the two shows yesterday which i thought both were pretty good the, that was interesting i don't know if any of you saw the thumper show but they did a an actuary which is a live thing from uh, indianapolis from the red pill conference up there and had one of these monarch butterfly uh gals on that i'd never had was not familiar with her name is juliet and she talked to us for 10 15 minutes she's got a couple of books out and i got to put a plug in for what we do but it wasn't the time or the place you can't as y'all know you can't really give this in sound bites from start to finish to somebody that's not aware of some of the background here in any any short period of time so anyway that was interesting the rbn show was good last night we had a new guy from texas on austin and uh in the dallas area i've already put him in touch with wayne and uh wayne and jeff and surrey and so anyway that's kind of the wrap up of the weekend it's pretty good weekend uh you know i was watching this morning um finished up watching alex yesterday uh, alex's show yesterday somebody get your mic mute off if you could there everybody check your mutes and see if you're the one that's doing that um and uh, it might be if you just hit your mute be great or if you got to say something you can just hang on there try not to try to be careful with the cell phones because those microphones are incredibly sensitive um so uh, we had austin last night good show last night on rbn and here we are this morning uh start out a new week in the seventh month of the year july so uh here we go uh i hope everybody's doing good anybody got anything they wanted to bring forward and questions ask any new folks want to introduce yourselves and see if we can satisfy your itch and all that stuff no no itches need to be scratched. Right. there's an itch there's an itch right there good morning morning hey it's mike hey mike yeah hey uh all weekend i've been trying to get a whole, uh contacting these idiots on tiktok that follow Anna Rodden Wright and David Strait, and they keep using the damn term American State National. And I keep showing them, go to 8 U.S.C. 1101 A21. That's the term you want to use. Now you down. We know what we're talking about. I said, you use the term the State Department uses, not, not some made-up term. And they won't listen to me. Well, it, all you can do is tell them, Mike. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned it right before the show. This is the great Mark Twain quote. It ain't what I know that's killing me. It's what I know that ain't so. And that's the condition those people in position they're in, you know. It's just like Austin. I don't know if y'all heard the RBN show last night, but Austin was a new guy, uh, friends of one, some of our folks, and he comes on and he starts talking about the Cui Veste Trust or however the hell you say that. And my standard question, and I understand where this stuff comes from. You know, the new people that don't have the insight we do don't, all right? And they think there's some guy that's going around, people are paying him, and he's been doing it, and they think that everything's gospel there. And once he says it, man, it's embedded in there, and it's like yeah, a team of wild horses can't drag that crap out of there. That's why I get so upset about it is the frustration on trying to get these people to come around from something they heard that is maybe intentionally was meant to be correct and isn't correct and they buy it you know it's the social security numbers the nexus and all of that you know straw man crap so anyway uh my question to austin is and anybody mike you may use this with those folks because i know they're relying on that you know what connection does the cui veste trust have to do with the 14th amendment where's the connection where is it? Somebody that's doing that, please call in and tell us where the connection is from this trust in the 1600s to the 1868, 14th, 13th, 14th Amendment. Tell me where it is. 
because that's what we're under right there and it's pretty damn obvious from anybody that really knows what they're looking for and where to look you can see it all over the place okay so that that's my complaint with it is it, it all this that's why that's one of the few things you know y'all have been around for a while know that it upsets me is these patriot mythologies that man people you just can't get it out of their head you know, oh, you're going to wait. You think they waited until you were 16 or 18 and got a social security number to lock you into this? Are you that damn ignorant? Okay. So, you know, it's all just reason and facts. And uh, Mike, only thing I can know is tell them, and if they don't respond, then you've done your job. On to the next one. I don't fool around chasing people anymore, Okay. I did it for a lot of years. I tried, and I went through incredible frustration, the same way some of you are, just like Mike's story right there. And you just yeah, have they, to... You keep, they just keep saying that the U.S. government is illegal and defunct, and you don't know what you're talking about. Well, they are illegal. I mean, in a sense, they've made it legal. They've made it where it'll stay in constitutional muster, okay? Just like we went over in depth on how they've got to tell you in the passport application that you can volunteer out. But how they tell you, you think they want to put that in there? Does anybody think they want to put that warning box and all that crap in that application? No, they don't. They have to. They have to to make their scheme constitutional. It is legitimate in that sense, but the legitimacy is based on fraud. That's where the rubber meets the road is pointing out and drawn to the fraud, and now you got something real solid you can stand on. Fraud, ab initio, negates any contract from the beginning. That's why they're responding to this the way they do. Okay, so yeah, I keep telling them, drop that damn air, water, land shit. I mean, it's just um, some of the stuff that people have to reach because they don't and can't, and I understand why they can't, okay? Can't put together that this is in a status assigned at birth. The only system of law that's ever been operable in is the feudal system. It was an incredibly important element, and when they brought that in, they brought the whole damn system in underneath. You hear, here's, what's, here's the problem, Mike. Our people, these type of people, they want to think and approach this like they think. And you can't approach this like you think because we're dealing with these slimy bastards. You got to think like they think. I didn't say you got to think like they think, but you got to know how they think so that you can look at this and say, now, what else is going on here? And use your imagination, and you, if you understand how these bastards think and work and operate, you, you might can put it together. But the people that can't look for things that look like they connect, and they connect them, and once they've connected those two dots, even though they don't connect, it's gospel. And that's the problem we're fighting here, okay? So anyway, well, hopefully they'll come around, Mike. Just keep working on them, you know? They won't because they're following Anna Von Wright and David Strait. Well, then, you know, then good, good luck to him and hope for the best for him. I've been with one of the guy's pages, and he got so much damn paperwork you want to send out. And he says, it takes up to six months to get this done. And I just responded to him, y'all full of crap. Yep. Yeah, well, it's unfortunate if they want to, and that's the first person they glommed on to, and, and they, they think that, uh, that the good judge, has anybody ever figured out what kind of judge Anna is? She's dropped that now. I used to be Judge Anna Von Wright. So what kind of judge is she? Nobody? Ralph Winterrode used to ask that, too. Okay. So, so 
uh you know i mean and i know that brent when brent was in alaska he was up there somebody had asked him to come up there and he did a tour around palmer that's right north of anchorage there the mountainuska valley and uh that's where she lives and he was doing a talk and she came into the room and went back and bought a copy of every book on the back table never said hello or introduced herself to brent and left now that i gotta shake my head over that okay maybe she had something to do maybe a tight schedule i'll grant you that okay but seems like you got somebody with that kind of expertise right there that's talking you don't just walk in and buy the books and leave you want to sell say hello to him and introduce yourself doesn't that sound regular to you well it does to me okay so anyway all i know is she's giving out bad information i'm not saying her intentions are bad uh and uh she's she's been telling people to submit their shit to the secretary of state of the state i mean that's just absolutely totally wrong okay that state secretary deals with businesses you ain't no corporation you're a damn slave so anyway all that stuff gets under my skin but we got to do the best with it we can mike and try and see if uh, you can uh plant the seed with those folks and maybe it'll sprout and maybe it won't i don't know any other way to handle it just go on to the next one there's millions tens of millions hundreds of millions of people that are looking for the information we got our job is to find them okay yeah, yeah then i quote what you said a person is and they just keep saying corporation no not only that well i mean you see that it's this narrow 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 thinking of our community that uh that he we're we're really dealing with here and their inability because of the uh of the uh, validity they're placing and whoever they're following and instructing them that they won't look other places and don't think there's any other answers and that's just so you know a corporate person's a corporation you don't want to be a person how friggin asinine is that hey uh this is david lester straight right yes yeah, well, he's some bad news in some other areas, too, as it turns out, with the child trafficking and stuff. Oh, yeah, well, you know what happened? We had an actual story somebody called in about his stuff. Somebody out there, the CPS problem in California, they get a hold of him. He tells them to file his 31-page affidavit, and in, in, in the affidavit, it states sovereign citizen. And now the CPS is looking at his affidavit going, oh, you're a sovereign citizen, too, huh? Way to go, Dave. At least, at least I'm not a person. <laughs> <laughs> not that person. So it's really frustrating, you know, and, and, and we do have answers here, and they're based on solid 2,000-year-plus law and the way it operates and the way our enemies have operated it to enslave us, and then they've changed it, and our people don't know about it because they don't teach this crap in law school anymore. Sorry. That's why your, your lawyers are so damn ignorant quite frankly they've changed the curriculum they've been controlling the curriculum in american law school since the 1920s for god's sakes okay so anyway uh let's see where else where else can we go this morning i got a couple of comments but i want to see if you guys got something to add here or take us off in a direction i'd love to hear it hey roger yeah who's this is this hey it's terry coffee up here in the oh. northeast kentucky hey terry how you doing Hey, uh, the uh, kind of funny that uh, Mike would uh, bring his subject up, but uh, that was uh, the uh, I was I I went on a rabbit hole there last week, and somebody was telling me 
that one of the Q people was endorsing the uh, the national, and they was uh, kind of teaching up there. So I forgot who he said it was, but I wound up finding a. Uh, I'll post it here in the chat here in a minute. But a uh, one of uh, 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 Judge Anna's uh, students uh, evidently had a some type of a tax issue. I don't know if it was. With the started out with the state of Ohio, but it wound up within the the, uh, the IRS, and it. Uh, let me try to post it here. Um, well, anyway, I went through the rabbit hole of um, looking up the rest of the case law, and what I found. Um, that uh, every th- the three case laws that I uh, found all stem back to the uh, the due process of the uh, 14th Amendment. Yep. Yeah, and it's just like, and you know, over there, on, I'm going to interrupt you for a second here, Terry. Keep okay. your, yeah, keep your thought. Um, copper moonshine still. They got a different way of approaching this. I never have figured out what they're doing, how it works, but evidently it works. And uh, their site, however, has some really, really good court sites on it. Okay, and one of them that I'd never seen before. I don't think I've ever seen it anybody else even proffer it. And I don't remember. I think it's probably an appellate level case. And it says unless a person can prove they're not a citizen of the United States, the IRS can move to assessment and collection. Okay, now the first part of that's the opera bar. Well, how do you prove you're not a citizen of the United States? Well, we know most people don't. Okay, but it's pretty obvious if this is her student and it's moved to an IRS uh, confrontation of some sort that they ain't doing things right, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> it uh, he's claiming sovereign and that the court has no jurisdiction. Hey, yeah, you, he's he's about to get body slammed. You want to you want to make a bet? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I haven't uh, uh, looked it up to see what the outcome was, but uh, when I went down this rabbit hole, it was uh, it was enough. And the the first one that they referenced was um, where the court had no jurisdiction. Uh, the, uh, the the court case was. Uh, um, The uh, shoot, can't think of now. Uh, Universal shoe versus the state of Washington. Oh, that's brown. Yeah, that that's where the the um, that was an eighteen hundred case, I believe. Yeah, no, that's forty six. Okay, forty six. I believe that's where the um, concept of corporate personhood came from. I thought it was Brown versus International Shoe, but I remember it was International Shoe and it was the state of Washington. Our John covered this years ago and I've never followed up on it, but evidently if it if that's the same case, that's the case where corporate personhood was founded. They referenced that and in if it was uh, 36 maybe 38 pages and 
I, we could spend probably uh, an hour and a half, two hours on this. Yeah. But to summarize it up is um, that uh, the once that you received a summons with the court, you're under the court's jurisdiction. Right, and and because they'd never issue the the summons if you weren't. Yeah, and then they they took away the state's rights, uh, introduced uh, vague uh, constitutional criteria, uncertain elements, and confusing uh, simple confusing the simple patterns contained in the state's powers of um, under the, the Constitution. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then it goes into another one. It, it's because it's, it's not the state's the powers. Authority. They're dealing with federal citizenship. You know, here's an interesting little quirk in the law, and this is something one of my law teachers drilled into my head, and I see the difference now, and I didn't back then. All property law is state law, except this one. Because now yes. you're federal property in one of the states where the state property law is the state law, but you're a federal citizen, which means you're property outside of that. Just an interesting little quirk, the way they've set it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and then there's a U.S. Appeals Sixth Circuit versus Leslie Garble in 96. Um And it goes, they reference the uh, fourth due process of the 14th Amendment. Don't want no, don't want no due process of the 14th Amendment, except how do I escape it? That's the only due process I'm interested in from that piece of crap. And that was, I was, uh, I sent this uh, to to another guy and uh, I said, bud, (laughs) you you better rethink being a, a United States citizen. It's so ambiguous the way they've set this up. And this little trick that they've used for thousands of years called equivocation is highly effective. Highly. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I'm, we're on the road to, uh, to getting everything taken care of. Well, good, Terry. I'm, I'm glad to hear you chime in and good to have you on the board. And thanks for the input there on those cases and that situation. And, but the mere fact, when you said the IRS is, ta- you know, going to court with, I, I can tell you already, they don't, they hadn't done everything right or that wouldn't be happening unless you had something previous. Now, if you have previous baggage and stuff, they can use that on you. And that was part of my discussion here uh, last night with uh, the gal from the New Hampshire, uh, but um, if they've already if if they've got you in your clutches, you didn't escape their jurisdiction. I mean, it's just clear cut, one or the other. Yeah, that was the the more well, like everybody else, the more you research is, and uh, and uh, that uh, I, I don't think any that uh, anybody could find where you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've been, I've been, you know, all these people that want to personally demonize me. See, all I do is get on here with facts. Now, I do maybe connect a few of them, but nobody's ever pr- proven any fact that I've ever put out in front dealing with this stuff. I mean, yeah, I might have had 10 years after at the late 70s instead of the early 70s. Okay. But when it comes to this stuff right here, it's just factual. And nobody's ever disproved any fact that I know of that's in the book or that we put out on the air ever one time. 
I mean, maybe a minor date. You know, oh, it was April instead of May of eighteen twelve, whatever. You know, but those oh, things yeah, are yeah. minor. I'm talking about major factual basis, uh, foundational uh, concepts, elements, and facts here. Nobody's ever disproved one of them. Ever. Now, I do have a, a question there for you. Um, when you send the uh, your copy of your affidavit to uh, uh, the all the officials in the state. Right. Um, would you suggest the, uh, doing the uh, certified return receipt? On every, on every one of them, yes. Yes. Uh, that's what I was... Uh, okay, build your file. You got your little freedom file there with all the proof of all this, and you keep all that stuff in there, and uh, then you can access it should you ever need it. But, yeah, I would, uh, especially on notice, because of the importance of it, you know, for several different reasons... Uh, you should definitely have proof that they were there. You know, if it, if you were a serve a process server, and this gal Juliet was a, or who who did I hear yesterday? It was a process server. It was that gal on rents Friday night? She was a process server for a long time, and uh, if you serve somebody with process, you know, then you as the process server, you you find them. They're trying to avoid you because they don't want to get served, and you find them. And she'd become an expert on skip tracing. I heard this gal interviewed on Stu Peters where I heard it. And uh, But then you, as the process server, you've got to go back and file an affidavit that, that, was ser- that you served them with that summons. There's always affidavits involved in service, okay? And you're basically not serving them. You're putting them on notice. So there's a little differential here, but the importance is not different. Okay, and that return receipt shows you that you have proof that they were served. So that's where it comes in as a very important element, I think. Yeah, that was what I was thinking would be the best uh, to do. Then, so we'd have, uh, like you said, we'd have proof if it would ever come to that point. So, uh, you know, still no, uh, still no backlashes anywhere. You know. Uh, we're right over the target on these guys. It's been obvious to me, although I didn't really understand the full implications of it, Terry and audience. Well, I mean, when I first started giving this information on Jeff Bennett's show on RBN 11 and a half years ago, I didn't know all this stuff we know now. I didn't understand it that well. And the only way I knew to approach the subject was to teach people in training on the from the bottom up is how I refer to it. And all these R plus D equals R, and this is subject, and this is this, and this is the meaning of person. And you had to go through three hours of that before you could show them where non-resident alien was in that 1.1-1A and the importance of it, and they'd understand it, you know? So now that's totally different. But even in those days of that level information, we were getting hassled by the guy that was from the Sodomy Pedophile Larceny Center in Montgomery there, hassling us, even calling other host shows on rbn and complaining about it and this guy even went to the point i've said this before of getting a hold of john Statmiller in the in the network office and buddy that was difficult because john never came in till 15 minutes for his show and the minute it was over he was gone this guy got him on the phone in his office before a program and they all said the same thing that stuff roger sales is teaching is going to get a lot of people in trouble they were trying to short sheet this from the start and they couldn't and then i found out who that little worm was russ estes little damn zionist jew creep and i started calling him out on the air and all that crap stopped yeah they don't like to be uh, put in a 
into the light. No, they got to do everything in the dark like the little cockroach bastards they are. Well, hey, Roger, I sure appreciate everything that uh, what you you have done and what you're going to continue to do. Well, at some point, I got to think, Terry, that we're going to hit this next big platform and maybe get on to an Alex Jones or something like that. And from that point forward, it's Katie bar the door. Because uh, you, you ain't going to be able to any? get you ain't going to be able to get on Jitsi and just sit here and listen. <laughs> I, I I listen <laughs> on Euro folk half the time anyway. Okay, good, Terry. We're glad you're up there, man. Thanks for the input. Um, anybody got anything to add to Terry's comments and information? Okay, well, uh, let's see. Where else? Anybody else got anything they'd like to bring forward? We'd love to talk to you. Love to hear from you. Love to address these issues. There's such common sense, but you got to have control of the basis and the foundation before you can apply the common sense to it. That's why I preach over and over again. In, get the information in your brain, at least the basics. You don't have to know it like I know it, okay? But you got to know the basics, and you got to have control of them. And if you get to that point, they'll never be able to fool you again. That's the incentive I can give you, okay? And you're going to be hell of a lot more happy. You're going to be a lot more confident. You're going to be a lot better uh, 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 suited to help spread the word to others because you understand it better and can explain it better, and we all grow better, and everything happens positive out of that. So it's the ones that don't input the information that want to go throwing paper around that are sitting there marking time because nothing ever changes with them. They don't have the information. They don't grow. They don't even know what the hell they did. They can't defend it, and they can't explain it to anybody. It's all based on you inputting the information. All that stuff happening, positive or negative. Okay. Hey, Roger, I've got a question about something I've heard here. Okay, this is Danny from Tennessee. I know your voice uh, by now. Yeah. Uh, okay, good. Uh, I know I've heard it. Some somebody had said once that uh, there's something that says that a U.S. citizen outside of Washington D.C. is presumed to be in commerce. Yeah, I, I can is imagine that? that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've made but, you property, but, so in essence, you are in commerce because you're their property. Well, I know, but I was wondering if that's something written down. Is it? I don't know. I, I, anything I, you can pull up? I, I'm not familiar with that, but I know the concept's correct. You know, yeah. the way you're in, you guess how you're in commerce? Mm, well. In the international bond market as collateral. Oh, well, yeah. Hey, that sheet hey, that everybody has, that sheet everybody has, it says uh, U.S. citizens are slaves property. It has it in there, that court case where it says it's uh all U.S. citizens are in commerce. Yeah, that's right. It's probably in that list of. Uh, have you got that list that John Casarabin then put together? Those two pages of court's results, Danny. I think I might have it here. I think they're on the uh, Paul. Do you remember if that's on the uh, Matrix Docs website or not? I'm sure it is because it was part of the whole package that we built that website around. Danny, if you can't find it, shoot me an email and I'll send it to you. Okay. All right. Yeah, no problem. And John uses that as one of his standard handouts when he hands it out to people. I know Presley's Presley's dad is an attorney. Do any of y'all know that? You didn't. Presley's dad is an attorney. And when John did the private meeting with him and turned him on all this, and he, he said, well, I'm going to go shepherdize these cases. Shepherdize is a legal term for going back and make sure it hadn't been overturned in previous decisions. 
And he says, I'm going to go shepherdize all these cases. Okay, I don't have, I don't know what's happened with him, and I haven't asked Presley when he was on. I would if he was on right now. Uh, but anyway, his dad is an attorney, and he did go check it out, and I don't know what's happened subsequently. But, uh, you know, baby step by baby step. So where else can we go this morning? We're only about 35 minutes into the show here, folks. No brisk conversation here hey Efren, is that Efren? can you talk a little more into the mic i can't hard i can't hardly hear you you're a little faint let me turn off my speaker ah it is Efren. hey hey man uh good morning good, good morning. morning people uh, how about um I want to see if you could talk about the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 and the bankruptcy of March 9th, 1933, and how the United States Corporation got started, and how is that an illegitimate government versus the republic? Well, I think, you know, if you look overall, all all countries are corporations. Now, this, what came up a couple of years ago, Ephraim, was this 1871 deal. Okay, and that's when they officially incorporated D.C. Now, let's put that in the time frame and look at the events. 13th and 14th Amendment were passed several years before that in 1868. It wasn't until 1871 they officially incorporated Washington, D.C. Did you know that they unincorporated it a couple years later, Ephraim? Uh, No, sir. Okay, well, they did. And the reason I know that is because years ago I did a show with Larry B. Craft, and B. B. Craft and I, the theme of the show was our patriot mythology pet peeves. And that was one of his. And he had gone back and done the research. He's written a brief on it. It's on his website somewhere. And it shows that it was incorporated in 1871, but it was unincorporated, I think, three years later in 1874. But they didn't take away the 14th Amendment, did they? The 14th Amendment states subject to the jurisdiction thereof. That was in 1868. They didn't incorporate until 1871. What is the? For those for those three years, what was the the? There was no corporation. It wasn't incorporated yet, but the 13th and 14th were in place. In 68 to 71, what was the the singular entity? It wasn't incorporated what was the yet. States? No, it was the federal government, but it wasn't incorporated yet. But you see, it didn't make any difference. They still rolled out the 13th and 14th Amendment, didn't they? Okay. So that's some of the background of that whole thing. I've never totally thought it through. I just know that's a glaring deficiency to me. Okay. Because it says the, and that's got to be some kind of entity, and it wasn't entitized into a corporation until three years later, and then it was unentitized three years after that. Okay. So I don't, I don't really have the out front answer to all your questions, but I can pose this in front of you, give you a little bit more uh, area parameters to think on, okay? They obviously knew they were going to take over the bank again. They had had it shut down on them twice, the first bank of the United States and the second one, all that history around Andrew Jackson, your den of vipers. Uh, do you know that in that incident in 1835, right around there, Efren? Jackson vetoed the second bank of the United States when it came up to renew its charter. 
the they the bankers got that case taken to the supreme court and the supreme court ruled in their favor what do you think jackson said let them enforce it okay so that was the scenario number couple decades before the civil war we went on up through the 1800s they finally got uh, to the point in their agenda they'd gotten the 14th amendment spread where it wasn't just for blacks anymore because in 1896 the wong kim art case spread that to chinese coolies and mexican peons and everybody else potentially so now they had the broad base before the federal reserve act then they got in at the turn of the century 1907 and jp morgan they caused a panic on wall street do you know about this part of the history there efren no sir I'm well, they, just, uh, all right well, good. all right well the way that they set the remember they always do things in several steps mostly two they set it up and then they pull the trigger on the next step Okay, and what they did to set up the Federal Reserve Act passage was to cause a panic on Wall Street in 1907, I believe. And the only thing that saved the panic on Wall Street was the quote unquote great J.P. Morgan actually strolled into the stock exchange and walked around the floor of Wall Street, calming everybody down and backstopping everything that was going south. Then they had an excuse for to come in with the federal reserve act and that's the jekyll island meeting and everything that subsequently happened and splitting the ticket and, and so they could get woodrow wilson their little pet boy in uh you do you remember who woodrow wilson ran against in that election effort you don't okay he ran against teddy no. rose teddy roosevelt who was an incredibly strong national hero okay uh, teddy roosevelt's got to be one of the most virile presidents we've ever had but guy's a hunter. He goes hunting all over the world. He's got like seven or nine kids. He raises them in the White House. Uh, just, just a hell of a guy. You know the story. When he was campaigning on that campaign, somebody attempted to assassinate him. Have you ever heard this, Efren? He was assassinated. He was going around in a car, and I think it was in upstate New York somewhere, and an assassin came out and popped him in the chest with a round, and he had his speech and his, and his cigar tin and his speech folded up in the pocket, and that's where the bullet hit, and that's why it didn't kill him. Okay? That's a true story. You can go look it up historically. So anyway, what did they do? They ran Taft in. They ran in a third party. It was it was Roosevelt they ran in, and he called his party the Bull Moose Party. And that was the three people in there that allowed them to split the vote and get Woodrow Wilson in office. Okay? And so now they've got him office. Well, it's pretty, pretty obvious that they didn't have good controls on him early on, or he'd have never refused the co-signing of the loan to China that we talk about on here repudiation of dollar diplomacy he would if they would have had their hooks in him at that point he'd have done that so obviously that was early on in his presidency served two terms remember second term he came in and his slogan what got him elected was he kept us out of the war what's first thing he did put us into the damn war when they reelected him they had control of him by then okay but they didn't early on and that is when the federal reserve act was passed 1913 
Now, it's interesting to look at the Federal Reserve, Ephraim, and the act and the way they did it because this shows you what they do when they're setting stuff up. They always set it up backwards so they can press the domino and all the dominoes will fall. But they got to set that long thing up backwards, okay? So what did they do in 1913? What was the order of events on the important legislation? <coughs> it affects us incredibly to this day. Remember, it's 13. You know, 13 is a real important number to them. All this stuff happened in 1913, okay? What was the first act they passed in 1913? You got a guess? Anybody? What's the most important element of the whole scheme? Uh, come on, guys and girls. What's the most important element of this whole system? Income tax. The income tax and the tax system because that allows everything to work. So what's the first piece of legislation they pass in 1913? The fictitious 16th Amendment. They passed the taxing amendment first, not last. The second one that passed was the 17th Amendment in, in June of that year. The 14th Amendment was in the spring. 17th Amendment, 16th, excuse me, 17th Amendment was in June. That's what severed the state's rights in Washington and put senators up to popular election. It was also fraudulently ratified. Bill Benson's work and Red Beckman's work proves it. What's the last thing they passed in 1913? The Federal Reserve Act on Christmas Eve. See, they did everything in reverse so they can press it and everything goes and, and falls the way they want it to. This is this whole dialectical nature of all this. Everything they do is built on a dialectic. It's the foundational principle that they use. We always know the answer and where to look. Okay, so that went on. Then they got control of the Federal Reserve in 1913. And I know that after they got from reading Eustace Mullins books, who I've never heard one person either prove one thing that Eustace Mullins ever said wasn't correct. Okay. And, and according to the work, and by the way, this came up last night on the show on RBN. Do you know the reason G. Edward Griffin was commissioned by the John Birch Society to write Creature from Jekyll Island? Anybody know the answer to that question? I mean, you hear John, uh, G. Edward Griffin, Creature from Jekyll Island, all the time, don't you? You don't ever hear about Eustace Mullen's Secrets of the Federal Reserve, the first book on it, do you? You know why? Because Eustace Mullins points his finger at the Zionists. John Birch Society is a counter control organization. They don't want that information out there. They commissioned G. Edward Griffin to write that book without any of that Zionist stuff in it. 1913, they took control. They got us into the war. They put all the operations, in fact, in place. And then they had the First Depression. Do you know about the First Depression, uh, Ephraim? I guess these are rhetorical questions. The First Depression was in 2122, and it was caused by them. It was evidently a consolidation of the Federal Reserve System because there was a lot of banks that were resistant to the system and wouldn't join it. And they had to have all the banks in there. So they caused the first 1920-21 depression. Now, the reason it didn't last longer is because the president at the time, and I, I don't remember if it was Coolidge or whoever was in office, handled, Harding maybe, handled it correctly. He didn't do their things. He just let it run its course, and it was over in two years. What do you think they passed in that important two-year period? The birth control legislation. 
we never had birth certificates that's when they passed that legislation because they knew they were going to use it in this form in this system down the line as a warehouse receipt to weapon to represent your propertization and collateralization so they passed the birth certificate act in 2122 they had they i'm sure they knew 10 or 12 years later they were going to pull the string but they wanted those birth certificates in place so that when they switched the system they'd have those birth certificates in hand to start funding the new system so you go through all the 20s and the roaring 20s why were they roaring when they turned the tap on just like we were going through in the 90s it's exactly the same thing they turned the tap on do you remember in the um in the mortgage crisis uh leading up to the 2008 mortgage crisis let me see if any of y'all remember this commercial oh damned or darn they'd say oh darn i must i lost another one to dico anybody remember that Remember all of, there were there was t- something like fifty eight mortgage companies under one umbrella, and when that thing popped, they bankrupted all of them from the top down. Okay, the the mortgage. What were they doing with the mortgage thing? They dropped the rates and they were pumping money into the system, just like the twenties, the roaring twenties. Why were they roaring? Well, what did they do back then? They tried to imp- input their first New World Order thing. They were abortion, uh, all the alcohol illegal, the uh, 18th Amendment, whatever it was, where they made the Prohibition Amendment, all of the uh, the speakeasies, the flappers, the bathtub gin, back alley coat hanger abortions, all that stuff. And they went through that. They got everybody distracted. And then the stock market went down on October 29th of 1929. I think it was October 29th of 29. But the stock market debacle did not cause the bankruptcy. And I just recently uh, became aware of that, Ephraim, and audience. It was they bankrupted the country a couple of years later through the bond market. And it's obviously bond manipulation. Okay. And we don't know their methods and all the crap these guys do behind the scenes, but I promise you it's fraudulent and it was hypothecated. All right. And that's when they changed the system. Okay. Everything had been set up. We had the 14th Amendment set up. The Wong Kim Ark spread it so the superstructure was there for everybody to be included. They get control of the money at the turn of the century. They come around and start controlling every office in Washington. And then in 33, they bankrupt the country because everything's in place. Does that make sense, Ephraim? Can you see the timeline here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're laying it out good for me. Appreciate you. Okay. And now let's go look and you don't believe. Oh, no, there wasn't. That was Ralph Winterout. He used to deny a bankruptcy. No, there wasn't a bankruptcy. But before he died, he'd come around on that, my, my understanding. But it's <laughs> pretty easy to find out. But let's take this from I want to go and see in a statute somewhere where it's bankrupt. Well, you can I forget the name of the legislation. It was in the Senate a month after a month after the bankruptcy on March the 9th. Remember, back then, they used to swear presidents in in March, Ephraim, an audience. They didn't do it at the first year like we do it now. And that's why this happened around March 9th, because it was shortly after FDR's inauguration. Okay, A month later, the Senate passed a bill which basically restated it and said that all property in the United States was their property. And then there's the magic phrase right at the last of that little legislation. What's the magic phrase? Anybody? Except by operation of law. Except by operation of law. 
Sorry. That's okay. Good. Good, Jeff. Except by operational law, and that's in the Senate bill. I think it's 192. Okay. That represented the bankruptcy in legislation right there. But if you didn't, you're thinking when they say property, you're thinking, oh, they, they took over the national parks. No, they took your ass over as property. But if you don't know that, you're not going to know what that's saying. See? Now, what really happened legally in the bankruptcy? And to understand that, where you can absolutely prove it, you got to go back and understand the legal definition of property. Okay? You got to understand that it's a right and all those kind of things, these foundational things I keep preaching on. So if somebody uses gold and silver, real money, to buy things which they can own, then they're free. And that's why they took the gold, because the system changed. They changed it when it opened up. You can go prove this to yourself. Go to Black's Law Dictionary and look up Banking Holiday in 1933 and read what it says. Right there in Black's Law Dictionary. All the banks closed for five days. They reopened under regulations of the Secretary of the Treasury. They don't say the new Secretary of the Treasury because there hadn't been one before, but that's what they say. Okay, All the banks closed for five days and opened up all while operating under regulations now issued by the Secretary of the Treasury. Well, now that includes fiat money. And you see, non-people that aren't free have a property right on them. And because they have a property right on them, they cannot acquire other things and have a property right in them because they're somebody else's property from the start. So the, the banks reopen five days, regulations by this new guy that's heading the treasury, and you're using their fiat money, which you're now the collateral for, and you don't know it. There's the bankruptcy right there. From free people using real money to own things to slaves using debt money to discharge debts and only control things, not own them. That's why you got a certificate of title on your car. That's why even if your mortgage is paid off and you don't pay the property taxes, they'll auction off your house on the courthouse steps on the first Monday of the month. That's why all that stuff's in operation because the system changed that day and you and your generations now have a property right in them unless you can go through, figure out it's a feudal system, realize the Lord of the manor in charge of all things relating to citizenship is a secretary of state and send him one piece of paper in one sentence and get out of that shit how about that Efren? question if you're uh, a citizen of dc and using their federal reserve notes say we get paid in federal reserve notes and most no, people do yes do we contract with the dc no and that's see that's erroneous that's where what's that guy's name mike mcdonald that wrote the book they own everything including you him and a doctor wrote it. It's a good book. I haven't read it. I've heard a lot of people comment on it. Ron but his whole, his whole, uh, Ron McDonald, thank you, Murr. His whole premise is wrong. You're not, they don't own you because you're using their money. You're using their money because they owe you. Own you. See the dialectic here? That's why you got to look at everything on this dialectic in mind because you'll always find the answer. And people like Ron McDonald don't and can't. And they come to erroneous false conclusions. Does that make sense, Ephraim? That that statement that you make, because 
They don't own you because you use the money. You use the money because they own you. That's exactly. But if I file my affidavit, I'm still going to be using that money. Correct. Okay. So they still well, own Well, you know, okay, so the people all over the world, it's a world reserve currency. Under Ron McDonald's idea, they own everybody in the world because the dollar's a world reserve currency. That is right. That is his. And he goes back to the money itself being the mark of the beast because it is forced on people all over. And even if it's not the people, their governments, their governments are required to have those to get gold, oil, and wheat, I think, are the main three commodities that are Federal Reserve notes to buy. Right. Uh, you know, the, the everybody's problem is they're looking for something that brings you into the nexus with these people. And you see, just like everything else, they've already done it at birth. And you don't even look back there and consider that, do you? And they're already miles ahead of the game. Nothing you do except this one thing can overturn that. But, oh, I, I went and got a Social Security number when I was 18. That must have been when I became a slave. Are you an idiot? So anyway, you just got to use some common sense here. But the first thing you got to do is understand how these people think and operate. And you got to be able to think like them. You don't have to. You know, I used to hammer on Brent on this all the time, you know, and Brent would go, but I don't want to think like they do. I said, Brent, you don't have to think like they do, but you got to know how they think. See the difference? Because if you think like we do and you're approaching this, you're going to have the same success that Anna Von Wright students have. You've got to know your enemy. Hell, this is 2,000-year-old Sun Tzu information. It ain't new. So, anyway, got that off my chest. I feel better. How about you? So uh, that's a pretty good timeline, comprehensive uh, answer to Efren's question, I believe. And it really helps you when you've got the information, you understand the legal stuff, and then you look at it on a timeline. Boy, it just vistas will open up for you, okay? Because these things, these people, you got to remember, they don't do things on a timeline necessarily because those things can get obstacles delayed, et cetera, et cetera. They have their agenda set on an event line because this, they had to set up the birth control, the birth certificate thing before they pulled the trigger and used all of that as collateral. Hey, Roger. Yes. Hey, Bob. I hadn't heard from you in a while. I was thinking about you over the weekend. Yes, sent you an email. Uh, it's been a while. Did you? I haven't even been on the computer. No, you'll like it. It's uh, the new Hitler. You'll like it. It's a real animated thing on the new Hitler. <laughs> I get into cartoons. They're my speed. You'll like it. He goes to Israel, and he starts <laughs> trying to diversify Israel and teaching Israel how diversification is such a good thing. It's pretty clever. It's an anti well, yeah, it's a great it. thing. It's a great thing. Hey, uh, I just spotted or heard a logical fallacy here. Um, the idea that you don't use their money because, okay, let me get this right. S say it again. The idea was we use their they all right, uh, all right. This is Ron McDonald's yeah. book. He wrote it with a physician, yeah. I believe, and the title of it is "They Own Everything, Including You." And the thesis is they own everybody because you're using the paper. The reality is you're using the paper because they own you. Exactly. Okay. 
I sound pretty silly trying to point out a logical fallacy when I can't even figure out how to say it. <laughs> the, well, you've been in the, the uh, you've been in the alfalfa is, too long, Bob. <laughs> uh, something like that, smoking something. So the point isn't that. Okay, the lady says, "Well, I'm still going to be using their money." Okay, you're still using their money, but it's not because they own you. You're just using their money because it's the method of exchange that uh, works. Uh, here, no, let's There's let's let's refine that. You're using their money because it's been declared legal tender. There you go. That works. But the point isn't that. Well, I'm still using their money, so they still own me. No, no, that's a logical fallacy. They they don't own the people in Germany. They don't own all the people all over the world. Where you know, Argentina is rumored to have more American dollars in it than any country in the world. They don't own the Argentinians. They just went with brick. Well, I was just listening on on Eurofolk, and when I heard that, I had to jump up and say something because it's easy to get caught up in that line of thinking. You know, well, you know, that. But sometimes this than that. My, my answer, sorry, Bob, my answer to that is owed to be George Gordon, who did all his business in gold and silver. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. I was, Isabella, uh, Missouri, right, I, east of the, right east of the Ozarks. I, I drove through there one day with the family before he had died, and I was so tempted to pull in and see if I could make his acquaintance, but I oh, didn't because I didn't think I'd be met with Oh, Bob, Bob, it's too bad you of, didn't. Uh, let's see. It's too bad well, you didn't. yeah. Uh, somebody sent With me a joke. Three children and the time right. of day it yeah. was. It just didn't seem uh, like a good idea. Uh, of because, course, you know you I'm got... the guy at the museum that reads all the plaques and they're oh, circling me three times God. before I get out of the museum. And... They hate you. <laughs> they hate people like you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, talking about my wife and kids. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I was. Uh, somebody sent me a, a, a George Gordon uh, lesson the other, over the weekend. A listener and was asking me to look at something he was saying on some minute mark and I got around to listening to it and uh what what a great teacher he was, you know, really. Oh, and, he was fantastic. I he, love listening to him. So yeah. folksy. He was like Brent but not Brent, you know. Correct. I mean, just yeah. so now, folksy this, and down to earth. Yeah. His family still runs the George Gordon Law School and to buy any of their things. Yep. Gold yep. and silver. Yeah, I think I, I meant to mention we somebody sent me his website. Everything's on the web. GeorgeGordon.org or something, I think. George Gordon Law. I forget what the exact website was, but had all of his stuff on there. And I was listening to that one over the weekend, bits and pieces, and he got into the Qui Veste Trust there at the end. And I went, Oh, George, come on now. You know? Uh but I know a lot. His See here used to be up on his stuff used to be up on FirstAmendmentRadio.net, but I'm not sure if it still is. I haven't looked for a while. Right. And, and of course, you know, again, I'll go back to what I think and, and been able to reason is going on here is this thing's very complex, and they've set it up brilliantly, okay? And they've separated the the feudal system uh, reality away from this birthright citizenship, and people don't know enough about the feudal system or don't know enough about law, which I don't include George in that deal, that they can't make that connection. So I can understand that. Easy, you know? And I wouldn't have known it had not I been taught by John Benson, as I've said many times but because they can't make that connection they're looking for anything that connects that will allow them to move forward on some type of a thesis that they feel comfortable with and the example i use over and over again is because in the constitution it says they'll have admiralty law 
Okay, and so they see it in the Constitution. They are constitutionally oriented. They're not looking at Thirteenth and Fourteenth. They're looking at that one. They go, "We got to be under Admiralty law," and they make that connection and connect those dots. And from then on, it's gospel. Well, you know, the word feudal in our common parlance today, we think of a skirmish, a battle, a disagreement, a war. And in that sense, it doesn't mean anything at the time. No, it doesn't. So we automatically, our mind just kind of locks up when we hear feudal system is like, that's way back in history. I don't even know what it means. Exactly. What purpose? They don't. (laughs) They don't. What purpose did the feudal system serve? See, there weren't countries necessarily back then. There weren't defined borders, but there were manners. And the manors, some of them obviously very large, served as independent countries because they'd fight with each other. And this is before when they started bringing this whole concept that's dissolving right now, they want to dissolve, is called the Westphalian Agreement. And there was a Council of Westfall, I believe, and they agreed that all the countries in the world would cooperate. And that's what's coming to an end right now is this Westphalian Conference document. And if you hear anybody refer to Westphalian, that's what they're talking about, is when everything transitioned from manners to countries. I'm going to have to mute out, but I will listen. Okay, well, thank you, Bob. You bet. So where else can we go? Did that spurn any questions from anybody? It didn't? Not one? Man, you got Well, I have greetings. It's Charlie. Hey, Charlie. May I? Yeah. Hey, good. good day. Um, if I may, I know you guys started um, early with the conversation about the definitions of persons, and please, I'm um, save the the tomatoes, the ripe tomatoes for your salsa, not at me. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm I'm one of the people that um, sent you early on in an email, and I'm sure you didn't um, either open it up or could read no, it. I try I try and open was, up all of them. Okay. I mean, some of them, okay. some of you guys with my eye condition, some of you want to, you know, droll out your life story to me on a multi-paragraph email. It's just real difficult for me to read those, but go ahead. Now, this was a PDF that I attached, Roger, and I did not know about your challenge um, with your vision. And this was six pages of definitions in a nine font. So you probably <laughs> I'm not would, very happy. I would venture that. to say that I didn't read it. <laughs> okay. I, you know, I painfully went through. I'm one of these people that stays away from certain terms because I spent probably over a year going back and forth between different sources Mm -hmm. of the the terms, many of the terms, person, even natural person. We know the the rule in the English um, grammar. If the root word is tainted, natural person can't begin to describe us. Do you know how they they describe you in law, Charlie? Do you hear us cover that? um, I'm not describable. Oh, yeah, you are. Uh, No, 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 you are. Okay. And everything, once again, back to these basics that are so incredibly important that I keep hammering on, R plus D equals R. Rights plus duties equal remedies. Those two are equal on the opposite sides of the equation. What person you are depends upon what body of law you're getting your rights from and owe your correlative duties to. Thank you. Thank okay. you. I was hoping and you then were the, say that. the description of person, the legal description. Now, let me tell you where this comes from, just so you don't want, I don't want any ambiguity here. Okay. 
This comes from a guy named Gaius. Have you ever heard of him, Charlie? Oh, yeah, you told me about him about okay. a month ago. Yeah. I looked it up. And for the people that don't know, right. Gaius is the Roman that's attributed with the uh, origination of the law. And the story is that he came up with the law by putting marbles in his mouth and leaning over a pond where he could see his reflection and talking to himself. I'm sure that's just fable, okay? But that he wrote a, a, a book of law books called Gaius's Institutes. You can go look them up. And either in the first volume or in the volume at the first, the entire first part of it is dedicated to the concept and the definition of the word person. 2000 plus years Absolutely. ago okay so that's what they're working on but now here's where the confusion has come in in our community they don't teach that in law school anymore okay so what our people get is when they go through business law in college or high school or something and the definite i can remember it from when i went through it what's a corporation a poor corporation could do anything a person can do that's where the connection comes from yes can it yeah it, does that mean a corporation's a person, every person's a corporation? No, because it depends on where you get your rights and duties. You can be multiple persons. You could be a person in equity. You could be a person under the 14th Amendment. You can get your, your rights from God and know him, your duties, and be that person. You can be, it's not am I a person, it's just like this other thing with Ron McDonald. It's which person am I? Exactly. And, it, and if, it's interesting, especially with the CFR that you found in 26, that 1.1 hyphen 1A. Ooh, John That's found that. Got it. You know, and they never got it. They knew it, but they didn't get the whole picture. If they would have 30 years ago, we may be living in a different situation today. But go ahead. Yeah, that's a brilliant. Okay. And Roger. Okay. And it's throughout the CFR. Okay. Because I have the. Um, 26 CFR 1.1441 hyphen 1 C3, 26 CFR once, um, I think it's 1.6012 hyphen 1 A1. I mean, it's, it's, it's right in your face all throughout yeah, uh, that title. You see and here, let me, say, let me just stop you for a second, Charlie, because I understand where you're going, and I totally understand. And this goes back to my experiences in Argentina where I learned this when I was going through that terrible time, and I went and consulted my shaman buddy to help me with this female I was having problems with that was wanting to screw everything up, you know. And so it turns out I knew him previously. He'd been my Spanish teacher for a little while, but he got disgusted with me. This guy <laughs> – He'd lived in Denver. He'd lived out there by you for six years, Charlie, and married a, a, a an American feminist, <laughs> a liberal, and he's a little mama's boy from Buenos Aires and moved to the U.S. for six years and worked in a law firm, and he hated it. He hated it. He was a big basketball fan. He'd go to the Denver Nuggets, and everybody'd stand up and sing the national anthem and Lee Greenwood, and he'd just shake his head. You know, he got he got so disgusted when he divorced her and moved back to Argentina. He moved out with this group of people outside the town I lived in, a commune, I guess, the spiritual commune on, around shamanic teachings and stuff, and lived out there for five years with no hot heat and no hot water. Take ice cold showers in the winter. It gets cold in Argentina, where we were. Okay, and so the, his name his name was I called him Gandalf. All right, and because uh, he's like a wizard, and uh, he's the one when our paths crossed. Let me give you a little background here. I had a whole lot of trouble with Spanish because of me training my mind to think backwards. Spanish is backwards from English in a lot of different ways. 
You know, the eyes are E's, the E's are eyes. The it's not the red house; it's the house red. You know, and all that stuff. And so, most Americans that haven't don't think backwards like I've learned to do. Go in there, and they've just got one jump to make. Well, I had to straighten out my mind and then make another jump. So I had two jumps to make in my mind to learn Spanish, and it was giving me fits. Okay, and so I'd gone through nine teachers for courses at that point, and what was happening was was dance and tango, and the girls wanted to talk. You know. And they didn't speak English, and I couldn't speak Spanish. And so one of the girls knew this guy, and she said, look, he lived in the States. He knows English great, and why don't you go learn from him? So at that point, I'm so disgusted with the whole thing that I'm interviewing teachers to see if they can teach me because I found a course that worked for me. I should promote that here. For many of you that that may want to or, or need to learn Spanish, the best course out there to me in the world, and a lot of my friends because I've turned them on to it, is a course on the Internet called SynergySpanish.com. SynergySpanish.com. And this guy has changed the whole way that a language is taught, and he's done it brilliantly. He's an American, married a Mexican gal. And so I'm going – I found a way I can learn, okay, and I'm going over and interviewing teachers to see if they'll teach me like this. So the first time I met with Diego – I hand him a copy of my affidavit, and I'm trying to explain to him why I'm I'm having problems and my mind works different, okay? Well, we went through that, and and he taught me for a while, and one day (laughs) – I'm not kidding you on this, okay? We, We weren't at his house where we normally did the lessons. He came over to my apartment that day, and he walks into my little, I called it the cave, in my little apartment there, and he takes all of the books and everything and slams them on the table, and he says, I'm not going to be your Spanish teacher anymore because of the way your effing mind works, <laughs> and walked out. <laughs> and you're just sitting there with your mouth open going, but, but, but. <laughs> so anyway, later on down the line, we can, I connect with him over this female situation I had, and uh because he knew the culture both cultures and he knew both languages and she was all of a sudden couldn't understand my english after two years right and so i said well to myself i'm gonna make damn sure she understands and i hired him well it turns out diego had been studying power from the spiritual side for 20 years and i'd been studying it from the legal technical side for 20 years and our paths crossed And he, later on, the second time around, he made this statement to me. He said, Roger, when you gave me that affidavit and explained it to me, it increased my understanding 50 years. Okay. Now, what he told me that I went through all that to tell you this, he said, power always puts it right in front of you. We see that. He was talking about spiritual power. Well, this power, these powers, yeah. They put the answer. Okay. They put what they're doing to you right in front of you. Okay, here's evidence. Here's another piece of evidence. What's the Freemason motto? It's printed. I've been out there for hundreds of years. First a line, then another line, then a square. So right in front of you is their mm-hmm. motto. Well, what does that mean? Well, now that we know how they operate, we can identify it and go back and back engineer it. Okay, first a line. What's first line? How about the 14th Amendment? The slave amendment. Then another line. What's the other line? Passage of the Federal Reserve Act that Ephraim was asking about earlier. Now we got two sides of a triangle, don't we? Well, a square 
is not a square shape. A square is a drafting term where you close open lines. So the square is the closing of the two lines we've established and the forming of a triangle. What's the square, Charlie? Um, I'm missing it. The squares where they changed and hid state citizen as a U.S. national. That completes the triangle. Now you're in their triangular Babylonian conceptual trap, and when you file the affidavit, it releases the third side of the triangle because it's based on fraud. That's why this works. Roger, I have to share with you, and this is how I started this path. I came across, it, it's not really a book. It was more like a, um, mem, well, it's not mem, a memorandum, but um, it, it was, it's called Sins of the State. It's really easy to find on I the think internet. I've heard, I think I've heard and, of that um, it's, it's, a, it's, it's only 48 pages, and I think I've read the stupid thing about five times, six times, I don't know. But I remember reading in 1864, the 38th Congress changed two terms, okay, person and state. And I think that, I mean, I think it's been, again, a frog in the pot boiling slowly, but incrementally, they just have been creating a, um, a legal semantic subterfuge. That's for all they're doing. And like you say, obfuscating. Yeah. So that's why, I, like I said, I have a tendency to be a little bit legalistic. I mean, it's just showing, uh, again, with some of the things I've done in the past three years. I started with the revocation of election, and the IRS said, bye-bye. Right. Okay? And I did start it with the title 26 there is no ambiguity okay with what i put down with them okay and you know even though like i said this a couple other times it's it's it am i set you know as far as evidence um like you said in what context um are you talking about the person well the evidence is out there and i couldn't resist like i said your affidavit but i was i had an agenda Okay, because I wanted to hammer home about the birth date and the name. And I know I'll never get what I want. There's nothing wrong with um, requiring that from the de- uh, Department of State. And they're just, they're, they just got my, my um, uh, correspondence last week. And they're probably just saying to themselves, oh, no, her again. Okay, and it's not that I want to get them annoyed. I just want to have that record crystal clear okay and that's what i think you're encouraging everyone and i thank you okay and i do want to leave you with one case um on the passport and that's how i did my passport um the passport sorry and it was that hooven and allison hoover v allison right right 1949 right okay and i like what what's his name has on copper moonshine on the website but I like that particular case far better. But, you know, again, you might like vanilla. I might like chocolate. Right. Okay. It, it's, it has to resonate with you guys. Just like, like I said, I'm a little, little bit legalistic about terms. To me, they, they appear on paper like beer traps. And I'm going to try to just avoid it. And then push comes to shove. I'm in a corner. And I'm going to say, which one? So I yield on that. Thank okay. you. Well, thank you, Charlie, and uh, glad you're a nice new addition from the female side here with this legal orientation, and we appreciate you. Okay. 
and hopefully we can get some. The reason the IRS ain't, they're not doing anything with the revocation of elections even more. We've said on the air here that even Weiss Paris, is they'll tell you about it, but they say we won't do it for you. Okay, and the reason is because they don't understand you got to go to the Secretary of State first, and then you don't have to do a revocation of election. You put them on notice that it's changed. That's the mistake that we overlooked. And again, if John and Glenn would have known that and been able to come to those conclusions 30 years later, this whole situation may be different today we're dealing with. Don't know that it would have been, but it could have been. Roger, if well, I may, hold on. We got we got an, an antecedent here from Charlie. Go ahead, and I'll get to the guy. Go ahead, Charlie. Okay, I just want to finish up with this because I mentioned, right. um, you know, Adele Weiss died about a oh, about a year and a half ago, uh-huh. and actually did the process with Adele. And I don't know who is running his operation over in Europe, but like I said, I know one hundred percent how it worked like i said i i did it for someone that was my principal that i was the attorney in fact for at the time and these bastards were stealing 100 percent of his social security in four weeks he got 100 percent back oh good congratulations good for him okay yeah I don't so, know. You know, I, I know my I'm in my method. I don't take the time to explore other people and get distracted on exploring, exploring other people's stuff because I try and concentrate and focus and continue to understand better and be able to explain better what we have here, which is no doubt over the target, works, and it has an 11-year un, 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 unblemished track record. So I think we're on pretty solid ground here. Okay, Who was the guy that was trying to say something a second ago? Now, come on, somebody was trying. That's okay. You don't have to apologize. It's the forum here, and it's my eyes, and, and, you know, I can't see all of you on the board, and who's got a hand up, so I just tell people to jump in there. So who are you? Hi, it's the first time we've spoken, right? Yeah, that is correct. I've been listening to you for months now, and finally um, I figured I um, got to speak, and I appreciate your show. Let me tell you something. It's an asset People don't realize what you're doing. They don't have any idea. See, this this goes by people, and it's so hidden, and it's so, oh, what's the word I want? Uh, uh, It's seductively easy, see? And the, the response I get from a lot of people is it can't be that easy. Well, it is that easy, okay? And then they can't understand the real importance of it is that this is the power taproot right here. This is the base of everything we're talking about right here. Yeah, let me tell you something, guys. I've been I'm I'm 60 years old. I've been doing this shit for years. Tim Turner, all these other gurus. Uh, I'm sorry. And, um, I <laughs> Listen, all this Google, just listen, I know. I'm just putting it out there because there's stuff that I'm not going to put out there that I, I'm going to ask you that I want to speak to you in person. I mean, a private one, and, and I'm going to ask you that sooner or later. But here's what I'm saying. And I, I did all this, and I, I, I basically, I'm going to say attack every brewer, every, 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 in everything except the state, except the state. Now, people don't realize, but once they do this, this is a, this is a gift because once, once you're doing this, I, I, I've been doing some studies. Now the U.S. Marshals will have to protect you. People don't realize that. Once the U.S. Marshals have to protect you, then you're going to have to have your own. Your, your, and if anything happens, then that's when your um, your 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 cor- your um, habeas corpus will work. But people don't realize that I'm I'm doing some studies with naturals. They they use the 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 the, the, um, the de facto corporation. We're going to call them the the thieves. They use they use their gangs and their gang stock and they go after individuals that threaten them. That's right. And, 
and, and, and, and that's the only reason they go after people is because they're scared. And I'm speaking from well, let, me, let me tell you, there's another reason they go after people because they're wrong. Yes. No. But I didn't get your name. I, what you, I want to address. Years. I want to address you by your name and get to know you a little bit. What's your name, please? My name. My name's James. If you want my last name, I'll give it. I don't care. James, don't are you the guy that fine. sent me? Sent me the uh, the guy that did the transcript of the Deanna Spingola interview? Or are you that James? You're not. No, okay. I'm not that. Okay. James. Well, that's okay. But I, just, I, I I got other. I got other stuff that I want to send you that's from the U.S. Marshal, so you can take a look at. And I got a bunch of, like I, I was on the other day when that, that gentleman said about a DS-10. I got a bunch of DS information that I can send to you. Maybe you can utilize it because I realize some people are just going to do this and they're going to shoot stuff off and they're going to shoot themselves in the foot because Correct. they get they get an instrument in a vessel and they don't know how to direct their vessel into the port and dock it correctly well now please please discard that lexicon stuff here they don't know how to go in and talk to this they don't know how to go in and talk to the slave master you ain't a vessel you're a slave exactly but still okay so but anything now i've been so people don't realize once you do this you're invoking the, the laws of nations, which on, on two, page Correct. 243, it says the states have no right to private pro, per, um, the public property. So once you do this, people realize, yeah, I'm in the process of doing this. I listened to this, and I was going to shoot this off a year ago. I never came across you. Once I came across you, I came across other ones. There's another one I like to speak to is Presley. For 18 years old, that, that gentleman is sharp as, as a two-edged sword. Presley's got women after him, man. Well, and, yeah, so 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 all the hip hop hip hop rappers too. Yeah, but his are a little more solid than those groupies. Yeah, true. true. James, where yeah. where are you in the country? I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm in, okay. I'm in I'm in one of the uh, states that the courthouses have gargoyles on them. So you got to under when you go in there, you got to realize you're dealing with sorcery because you can't be well, a judge and well, you can't be in the magistrate unless you know well, sorcery. Well, let's go back and talk about gargoyles for a minute. Do you know what their original purpose okay. was? I I always thought it was for protection. It it was. It was to but keep no, it was I'm to gonna, keep the gremlins away, not not to represent the gremlins, but to repulse them. So just a little misunderstanding. Well, I think the gremlins are running it. Well, no, no kidding. <laughs> They've no. done it through this little method so, that we've undone for them. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm been thinking about my foyers too. Not only people don't realize if you look, and, and you know who's another top shelf on your on your on your stage is um, Mr. Grant, the one that does the Fridays. Oh, because Brent, Brent Winters. That's exactly the way most people think. Oh, he's another top. You guys are top shelf. Let me tell you something. This he, I, I can't tell you no what I've, I consider Brent such an asset, and I know there's been a couple of incidents that uh, may blur that a little bit. But overall, I can understand how people get in that situation, especially him. And uh, but his his amount of knowledge is I've never run across anybody with the amount of knowledge except John Benson that Brent has. Okay, and the beautiful thing is, I've acquired a bit of knowledge too that he may not be privy to. And when we get together, we start ping ponging off each other, and boy, we've had some stunning results on some of these programs on conclusions we've come to that we surprised both of us. Have you ever heard? Have you ever yeah. heard the story okay. about Corban James? 
No, I haven't. Okay, well, let me just give you a little background here. When my book first came out, there was a guy that got a copy of it somehow ahead of time. I, just, I still don't know how. Who's a really, really sharp guy. His name's Gary Kinghorn. He was the international head of merchandising for Cisco. Okay, not a not a lightweight job, all right. And so well, Gary, I know, I know it's this guy. He's good stuff, right. Well, Gary, I got a chance to meet him, spend some time with him. He was up there at Doug Casey's place in Cafayette, Argentina, and I went up and spent a week with him at the open house. And so uh, we got to know each other. It was very productive. But uh, then Gary wrote another article after the review of my book, and it was entitled "Jesus is an Anarchist." These are you can still find these. They're over on the Dollar Vision vigilante that's who published him uh and uh so um he uh in that article he mentioned the word corban well I'd, I'd never heard it before i was not familiar with it you know and uh i went to the web and tried to look it up and it's anyway well, jesus said it twice and you uh don't follow the laws of moses it wasn't very descriptive okay and so one day brent and i early on were doing a show and i brought up corban and he, Brent goes, well, let me see what I wrote on this in my study notes on my Bible. And he goes down. It turns out this is what Corban was, James. Corban, in the days of Jesus, the scribes and the Pharisees would go around and corrupt the youth. You don't see any parallel there, do you? They'd corrupt wow. the youth, and they, under the laws of Corban and the laws of Moses, the parents were supposed to have acquired valuables that they'd acquired through their lifetime and in their old age they would sell those and that was the proceeds that would help support the parents in their old age that's corban no that's the setup that's noah's laws corban was when they changed the rules at the temple and they invoked this term corban and so they would trick the kids and corrupt them to telling them what valuables were in the house and they would declare it corban which meant it was the property of the temple and they would go seize it and sell it to finance the social system like social security and if you became a christian you got kicked out of their social system because your brain lights up in a different way. Well, it just shows you what this whole thing is today. All we're dealing with is the new Pharisees, and the Corban is the IRS, and everything's their property. And they're still changing the rules. I read a, I read a book on the Pharisees years ago. I picked up at a seminar, and uh, I remember the, co- the cover was orange. I don't remember the whole book. I read it, but I do. I try and bring something away from everything that I read, you know. And what I brought away from that book, learning about the Pharisees, was that their main trait was they changed the rules all the time. They're not changing the rules all the time here, are they? It's the damn modern Pharisees. Yes, they are. Okay, and I would have never known that if it wasn't for Brent Winters and his in-depth knowledge of the Bible and all the work he's done and knowing that word. He didn't even recognize it. He had to go back and look it up, and we were just sitting there, both of us, with our mouths open. That's incredible. That's huge. And that goes along with them calling our children kids because kids you sacrifice. Yeah, kids are different. Yeah, goats. Sacrifice them. Right, kids are goats, huh? Mm-hmm. And they, that's why you, every media they don't call their children. They the 
See, it goes along with Brad says, if you take away and you add to the word, if you take away and call our children kids, what do you expect the word to spell to come? You know what? Because words, words have meanings, they have vibrations, and they have effect on human mind. You remember one so, thing? You remember from the Bible, mean. James? And, and the, God, how did he create the world? He spoke it into existence. Exactly. You don't and think you know, words mean like things? Well, 500, I think it's 538 or 534 megahertz, you can actually hear and feel sound. That is the only megahertz that you can feel sound hmm. and hear it at. So vibrations are part of words. Cause Fre- I said the word Fre- was, it always will be. Frequency is everything. Frequency. I, I've often felt that some of you are attracted to the resonance in my voice somehow. There's something in my voice that connects with people. Well, I think it's the loyalty that you have for life itself for me and the genuine offer because, to me, the road to destruction is right out in front of you and the road to uh, everlasting, it's invisible. It's not there. It's hidden hidden very well. Yeah, it's invisible. And a lot of people don't study Enoch. They just don't don't look at what's going on. Like mystery means math and, and... in um in greek so when they say i show you a mystery it's telling you hey eventually you're gonna have to start wearing masks and when you wear a mask god don't want you to cover your mop and hide your mop the six foot is and all this stuff they didn't they don't know about this because they're not one biblically inspired and two they don't choose to know because it goes all back with the wizard of oz with a 10 measures tax identification number the straw man is is everything you own is uppercase letters and the line without any, uh, without any courage is American people afraid to take back what's rightfully theirs. Well, the minions falling asleep at the the minions falling asleep at the beginning of the movie is when the CIA started bringing heroin and um, and meth and, and um, all that stuff in the country. Which CIA actually stands for Catholics in Action, and people don't realize that. And the minions coming alive is with that cocaine they're bringing in. The ones hanging themselves is the pharmaceutical drugs. That's um, who started that. Carnegie and uh, Rockefeller didn't it come out a large nine and a guy named Welcome. You know, the, all these a lot of these uh, big pharmaceutical companies are associated with or under the auspices of the Welcome Trust. It was a guy named Welcome that was real instrumental in starting the pharmaceutical industry. Like I, I live near a railroad. I did some. I did some homework. I didn't do it before I bought that. Well, I realize now that J.P. Morgan might own thirty miles past me. My stuff. Yeah. So now, since I got everything, since I'm. See people, and and this is the stuff that people. And you know what? God's right. If He would have gave me this stuff earlier, I might not know how to use it. And yeah. Well, there's so a method. I'm afraid. You know, if, if I'd have figured this thing out years ago, I, you know, there's no telling what. But it, I think everything unfolds and uh, the way it's supposed to. And that I've had to fight that, James, quite a bit, and because I want this information out there, and I can't understand why people don't resonate with it. And so I've had to. I heard Alex talking about this yesterday on his Sunday show. I've had to kind of go back and just put it in God's hands, really. I mean, I do what I'm supposed to do as best I can do it, and uh, I figure he's going to open the door when it's his time. I don't have the keys to the timetable. Yeah, better we don't, I think, sometimes. Um, Yeah, so uh, later on down the line, I got some books like – 
um, I got like Behold the Bell Horse and like um, the, the, I got a 1961 from Al Samuel, Bob Barron, Trump and all this stuff. I got all these old books that I, I collected on PDF file and stuff through the years. That 1666 trust book that you had from the set of key trust, I had that book. I have a lot of other books that I think maybe would help the group if you want to select who you want to send them to because I, I'm a scared of doing this because I see people that are starting to do it and they're, they're getting big-headed and, 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 the, and, the, and, the, and the book says we can't throw our pearls among swine. So I just hope God sends the people it's supposed to do you're supposed to do it and use it as a gift instead of as, as a weapon against everything because what we got is a gift. It's not a weapon. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, it's not a weapon. It's undoing a weapon. It's an anti-weapon. Yeah. Exactly. It's okay. a gift. Well, James. I don't think everybody... I'm glad you've had you had you had you stumble on me. Um, by the grace of God. Well, okay. Besides and, that, what and, was the uh, method? I hit, well, I hit, well, I'll be honest with you. I found I found a book. I, found, I was up at Cambria County here, and this old librarian was throwing out these old books, and I found a book that says for um, um, for uh, um, department of state only um, agents in Head Washington, and I went through it and it told me exactly how to change. My status. You're, my you're kidding. Before, you're kidding. It. What? What yeah. was? When was that book published? It, it was published in right in I'll have eighteen something right after I think right after the state building was built because I was trying to match it up because when I started doing this and after I learned about after I learned about the, um, the passport I wanted to find the closest constitutional contract. That that went along because if they built it, if they did the if they did the constitution first, then that means if the state the state probably came next. If they did the state building first, that means the constitution. So them two, I figured out that the state would keep the original constitutional contract. Well, they had to. They couldn't do away with it. They had to veneer over it. And a lot of people were listen. I even hit the Hague with my stuff, and they told me that you got to depart. When I hit the Hague, and I asked them, and I called them, they said, "Hey, your problem is that." State Department. Once they told me that, when I called Neverland, because and then because I got their book from the um, the Laws of Nation and all that, and then I was it, everything was downhill. And I was typing out the document, and God just told me to get on the internet. Here I found Presley, and when I found Presley, listen to this. Everything <laughs> is I am, I am, I am. Okay, listen to this. When I hit that, this is how God works. And when when Moses and James or John went up to Mount Sinai to get to get to get the to get the law. When after they had dinner, he said, "Who are you?" He says, "I am who I am." So that's the most part. Then that's that's why I'm using this, and I just added my stuff to it. I, had, I kept some of his, but I added my stuff to it, and in that. So, and now I sent it into the states. First time I sent it in, they didn't accept it. So I, what happened is I realized when I sent it into the state, they got this GIS system. So it probably you mean you mean Phil- Philadelphia? You mean Philadelphia? I mean Pennsylvania. No, I sent it into the state. I, I sent it to the Washington D.C. right. Okay, the State Department, U.S. And then, okay. Yeah, and then and then and then what happened is, <clears throat> I realized it, it took them two weeks to accept it because they have a GIS system. Well, I realized when you send stuff to the state, it goes to Washington D.C. Now I found out it gets tracked for Amtrak. They want it for fingerprints, who touched your stuff, and everything. Okay. So that's why stuff's taking too long because they want to check the paper for Amtrak or going to fingerprints or seeing who's on the envelope and everything and who's on the paperwork. Could be very, very possible. That's what. And I haven't got my receipt. I got two receipts back. I didn't get this last receipt back, but now they accepted both because I did five, like Presley said, 
I was only going to do three. Actually, I did six, and I sent two in. The one acts like it got lost, but when I sent the second one in, they automatically found the first one. So all I got to do is I'm going to I'm going to attack the U.S. Marshals because I realize they're supposed to help the Nationals now. And once we and that and sometimes you don't want everything out the courthouse. It's nice, but if somebody wants to find your stuff and it's up on the courthouse, that's how they can attack you. Your documents got to be at the state. And, I mean, I agree with sending them to, but and putting it in the file, like you said, on your on your home, so they went there. But if it goes, if you put it up the Pathonetary, that becomes its world news, so that people can see your paperwork, and who knows how they can damage you. Well, I know we got an 1835 Supreme Court case that goes over this before the 14th Amendment by some decades, and it states, quite frankly, and there is no ambiguity in it, that the passport is an ex parte document under the law of nations that is supposed to identify you to other countries as you travel. However, this is I'm paraphrasing a bit, James. However, if this is a matter that deals with citizenship, it's not the passport. It is whatever the Secretary of State has in his possession, if admissible in a court of law, and that's in there, should be considered the higher and better evidence. It's what's in your administrative file where's where the rubber meets the road that's in his possession. Now, I want to go back, and as you were talking, I was thinking about um, early on in my involvement in this many decades ago, reading very, very, voraciously, uh, and one of the first books that I wanted to read was Eustace Mullen's Secrets of the Federal Reserve. And I was green as a twig. I'd stay up late at night reading in bed. And uh, in that book, he, he had one sentence that stuck in my mind, and I don't know why. I, I guess I do know why, because God wanted me to remember it. But Eustace Mullen said, this goes back to what Ephraim's question was earlier, too. ties in a little bit. He said, when they passed the Federal Reserve Act, the very first cabinet position they went after. James, you got a guess? Was the passport engine? Secretary of no, State. I don't have a guess. It's Secretary well, of State. Okay, Secretary. Okay, why did that. they? And see, that was the question. I was going, well, hold it. He deals with foreign countries, I think. I didn't know all this stuff, you know, responsibilities and whatnot. And I get, well, why the hell would they go after the Secretary of State office first? And that was a question I had early on that stuck with me, and later on it's come back to me. Okay, well, why did they go to the Secretary of State? Because he issues passports, and he's going to be controlling the citizenship scam they're going to pull. That's why they went after that office first. And, and I learned that off of you, but I kind of learned it be, before you. But once I stepped onto you, I sat back. I, I sat back and I grabbed me some popcorn and I just watched the movie for a while. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I listened to you and got direction from you. And that's why I'm speaking. It took me a while. I heard different peoples that I'm familiar with on, on there, on the group, with different group. And that's another reason why I didn't speak up because I, 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 I'm, there's certain things that, you know, I just, I know people jump around now. I'm 60 years old. I'm serious about this. I've been in this since I was 20 years old and I can tell you what happened in my life and personally. And then you'll say, why? I understand why you went so deep. But maybe one day I'll sit and share my life with you because you did share a lot of personal. But not everything's for anybody, but I'll tell you how it gets in, my, in there and that. But I, I would like to talk to you personally about a couple incidents and also about maybe trying to work on this um, U.S. Marshal stuff. I'm going to uh, that, up these documents. Now, that's the most interesting thing you've brought to the table to me is that as a national, you get protection on the U.S. Marshals. That's an interesting concept, and I've never been exposed to it to this point. Okay, it goes back 
Do you remember back in the original Constitution before they had the SWAT team and before they could go after governors with well, the SWAT team and before they well, had well, all this that? Stuff? That's all administrative state stuff because administratives are all SWAT teams. So you know this is way in the old original uh, uh, scenario. Exactly. What happened was when they when 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 they had the way I understood it is the U.S. Marshals when they were switching over from the U.S. Marshals for for uh, for fugitives, but they were also switched over to help the um that they're supposed to help the um what is it the non citizen the the the, the, the the nationals basically because right. I mean like I, I consider myself an alien on the land since well, they came over and took over everything well back then the u.s marshals were a federal service but the federal service had no citizens because they didn't have a 14th amendment and so it would almost seem logical that they had the only citizens they had to protect were the state citizens which were the national citizens yeah from the feds is what i'm thinking yeah yeah that makes sense to me okay now that i think about it but i'd never thought about it before before you brought that to us today but see, this is why I want to work with maybe you and Preston because I got some documents, and I just don't want to put them out there because people are going to grab them, they're going to do stuff, and stuff's going to happen. They're going to put a law in place where you can't do it, and you got to do this stuff smooth, easy, and great. You can't just because. But don't forget recently. now, James. Go back to the hold it, hold it, James. Any no. laws they put in place now are all put in place yep. through reg- regulatory scheme and their agency man-made laws, and they don't apply to you once you got an affidavit in. So keep all that in perspective. Okay. So right now I got to figure out how I got I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting to, I'm waiting to notify. I'm looking on a passport status. I want to make sure because my pet, my, my car passport card was lost. And what I did, I, another thing I couldn't figure out, what's the difference between a passport agent and a notary when they're both by, by the secretary of Washington, D.C.? Well, well, no, they're not. No, 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 no. Hold on. James, James, you're wrong. Notaries are licensed through the state. Authorized agents are an extension of the federal government. Okay, so you got authorized agents working through the Switzerland post office? Yes, they they go in. Well, they have because the post office is used to be. It's not as private now, but it used to be uh, federal. And because you go through the post office for your passport process, they made certain people in certain offices authorized agents. And as it says in the instructions, if you're in a one horse town in Pennsylvania, just like the guy that called here last week, you know, Ken, that got got me in hilarious laughter, uh, he had to go in front of a local judge to sign his because they didn't have an authorized agent at the post office. And then what he said that freaked me out, kind of not just surprised me, I guess was that after that it wasn't the post office that sent it in it was the court so even after he signed it in front of them he didn't send it in they sent it in so that means they could have altered stuff no 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 it just means that they they're that no it doesn't necessarily it means that they're the authorized agent when there's not one in the area and that they take care of all wow. the things that the other authorized agent would if you go to the post office and go through one of those this that guy that sends the stuff in you don't send it in only if it's a ds82 okay. if it's a renewal you can send it in if it's that original ds11 first timer you got to sign it in front of one of these people and that's because 
because this is the only time that they've got to put this choice in front of you. They're required keeping this thing constitutional to make sure it goes through OMB and gets an OMB number, and that means everything's got to be constitutional. That's why all that stuff is in the passport application, and that's why they hide it the way they do. Because they got to put it in front okay. of you to make the scheme constitutional. Okay, well, here's what I did. I, um, I, 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 but what happened is something happened in my life where I lost my passport card. First, I went, I went through the moonshine people, and it helped for a while. But then what they did is they decitized they de- you because it worked for a while. But once, <laughs> once the state got involved, they, 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 the passport wouldn't work for me traveling anymore because, because it, they did something because I probably didn't fill out the affidavit. This time, I studied it. I filled out the affidavit. But what happened is I, uh, my passport got disintegrated by an ex-girlfriend, and she said it was accident. So I wrote that on the pass. I, I sent uh, I sent a DS-11 with a DS-64 a, a in with a DS-11 notarized. I sent uh, I sent uh, I sent the um, I sent a 181 standard form in notarized. I sent a copy of my passport in notarized. I send all this stuff. I re, I'm already on. I'm already. What I'm saying is, I'm already registered with them. It's just I'm upgrading with my affidavit and my and with a new with a new passport card. Okay. Being that I'm already registered, my question is, do I still need a passport agent with the DS11? If you've already got a passport and you're renewing it, you do not have to go through an authorized agent. No. Great. That's okay. Because. Okay, because I that's that's because I I couldn't find the other one, so um and uh, she said that she accidentally just um, burnt it. Well, so I got another question for you. I'm going to let you go. Okay, now I'm just studying the Constitution. This is what I want to ask France for. Do you know that the passport you have to have a special picture? So that means they get your eye retina. Do you are you familiar with that? I know you got to have a passport picture. I don't know about the retina scan. And when I've taken passport well, pictures, they didn't do retina scans, and I've been through retina scans. Okay, and it's Argentina started uh, incorporated that in their immigration scheme, and a couple of times when I left the country, I, they they required me to get a retina scan. And they you stand in front of a little camera, and they specifically scan your retina. They're not scanning your retina in a passport picture. Okay, no, that's what that's what that's what um, the dude at the at the post office told me. He said that's why they need a special picture. I just wanted to know because. If they are spent, if they do scan your retina, the Fifth Amendment says you have to be compensated for your personal property, and your retina is your personal property. For well, I know if, I, if unless the technology's changed, and it may have, James, they can't scan your retina from a simple camera. You got to go into this special okay, I thing. Have no idea. Well, I've been through it personally, so I do know. I appreciate your. I appreciate your. Um, input your information yeah yeah don't reach on this i mean a lot of people you know reach and i i understand that okay but as you get more familiar with the information this is really a simple deal okay and it doesn't matter what they do to you or what information they take from you i just want you to take this affidavit from me and i don't give a damn about the rest okay okay so basically, just so then I'm just going to start shooting my stuff off. Then I'm going to shoot. I'm going to start. I'm first of all. I'm going to. I need to shoot it to the state too, and I'm going to tell them. Yeah. I'm going to just. Well, let's let, let's do the secretary. Let's do, let's go back and make sure it's done correctly this time. Okay? okay. So what I'd suggest you do is write out a simple affidavit. Go get it notarized, and send it to the secretary of state cold. And uh, you okay. might even put in the cover letter: "This cancels and supersedes any previous submissions." 
something to that effect okay and uh, right. make sure they get it cold just with a cover letter now it's in your file and it overcomes anything that you've got in there before which may or may not be valid or legitimate because i just don't know about these other people's approaches here but i know about ours okay and so what? then you want to wait a little while I don't know if there's a certain time, couple of weeks, whatever you're comfortable with. Then go back and apply for your renewal card. They now this is an interesting question for somebody in your situation that's lost their passport card because you've already paid for it. They won't just replace the passport card for you. You got to reapply and pay. I'd imagine. Did. I just okay. didn't pay the execution fee. I just paid for the card. Okay. Well, you don't have to. You don't. You, you don't have to uh, accelerate it. You don't have to pay that. But it would be wise for you to go back in and cover your bases, even though it sounds like they may be covered. But just go back, and now you got the insurance because you know it's done correctly. Okay. Okay. And and another thing, that law that you told me about the eighteen eighty, I my first original new evidence, like you said, I kept it original because I don't like it. If it works for you, I, I do the same thing. But what I did is that Kim, I put that Kim, I added the slaughterhouses to that. Right. But now I'm going to go back. I'm going to redo my. I'm going to do redo my um, a new evidence in about. I'm going to wait about six months and I'm going to redo it and I'm just going to add the um, that eighteen hundred law that you mentioned because I have that law. And I don't know where I have it now. It's, it's Italian guy or from Spain or somebody. I think I remember reading it about where the passport is your nationality or something like that. And I'm going to add that to my to my um, to my um, evidence affidavit next. Okay, that goes way back. You know, okay, would that be? Uh, if you want yeah. to, I mean, if it okay, makes you feel better, I really try and, and impress on people to keep it as simple as possible. Simpler that you address this and deal with it, the better it's going to be for you. And here's the problem with that. I'm not saying those things are wrong, but just a simple legal concept. The more the more assertions you make, the more people have got something to pick on and argue with you about. Okay. 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 I want to tell you what happened to me in my past later on. Okay. We'll cover. We'll take on to All right. Well, uh, thank you. you All right, James. Well, listen, why don't you do this? Why don't you send me an email at my network okay, address here, Radio Ranch, no space, two words, no space, Radio Ranch at mail, M A I L dot com, not Gmail, just mail. Radio Ranch, Radio no Ranch space at mail dot com, and just say James from Pennsylvania, okay? You got it. Hey, you take care. It's a long. Okay. Nice to meet you, James. Thanks for your contribution. I like the U.S. Marshals angle. I think it's something we probably need to explore a little bit. I don't know if they've been able to corrupt it. You know, I had the U.S. Marshals bust into my house in Atlanta one day uh, for my roommate. Me too. And uh, uh, they yanked him off and extradited him to Pennsylvania, actually. Uh, but it's nice to have the U.S. Marshal. I, in one year, I had IRS. The FBI and the U.S. Marshals busted into my house all in one year, and I thought it was probably time for me to move. <laughs> okay, okay, that's what happened to me. I'm not lying. Right. That's what happened to me. I was going to tell you, but since you brought it up, if you're telling the truth, that's what happened to me. I had the ATF, I had the FBI, I had everybody but the CIA and um, the Secret Service here. <laughs> Well, it's re it's real you know, it's hard to get six hours. Oh, you know, you get your girlfriend over there. Oh hey honey, the US Marshals just busted in for dinner. Roger, you got two people with hands raised. All right, James, let me put you on the side here and get to these folks before we run out of time. Thank you. That's okay, man. Who we got hey with hands raised wants to say something? 
it's, hey roger hello we're going to defer to the female who is it hey it's jamie from indiana oh hey jamie hi how are you good hey um quick question i'm sorry if this was repetitive because you've probably answered it before but i've already done my affidavit and i've already put everybody on notice and i'm getting ready to do our my passport tomorrow for my husband and i good for and you our little, and, and, our and it's a family affair too Fantastic. Oh, congratulations yeah, yeah, we're doing it. yeah thank you um but my question is since the affidavit's in do i say i'm not a u.s citizen and no you, they don't like, well well you see here you they don't ask if you're a u.s citizen oh my gosh are you kidding me no they ask okay. if your parents were okay okay so and, and as they, far see as, here's the whole thing let me let me go back and reemphasize what i was saying the reason they've got all this stuff and they have to put it in that passport application is to make it constitutional they've got to put it in there they don't want to put it in there so they hide it just as absolutely well as they could which they've done okay 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 and so and the way it is, hold on, as the way it is, Sorry. the presumption of law is set into effect because you were assigned this status at birth, because you have a birth certificate, which is prima facie evidence of the condition, and because every time they've ever asked you your whole life, are you in this condition and do you agree with it, you more than likely answered yes and agreed with it right okay so that's okay. what you got behind you now they put the passport application in front of you and the presumptions already set up so all they do is guide you down the little house to the path to the slaughterhouse oh and by the way if you happen to read the warning in there and understand the middle of the instructions that it correlates over here to the oath with these two important statuses that are both mentioned that they don't tell you to attach anything for, well, if you didn't know that, well, tough nubbies. Right. Yeah. Okay. So as far as my, I know that I would put that my parents are U.S. citizens, but as far as hers, do I put that we are? The, we are not? Well, uh, oh, man. Because uh, of the one, no, because your affidavit's in, so you're not when you're applying. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, I want just to make sure. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Would hey, you, Roger. You, hey. Oh, no, no. Look, there's Gary calling from Montana. Hey, Gary. Hey, Roger. I haven't had a chance to talk to you in a you while. You sure hadn't. I thought you dropped off or something. <laughs> no, just working my butt off, man. It's summertime. Yeah. Bob hey, uh, also has his hand raised. Okay, well, quick. Hey, uh, quick. I, I wanted to know where Jamie from Indiana is at, because remember, I'm originally from oh, Indiana. Oh, that's right. Jamie, whereabouts in Indiana are you from? Gary's an Indianian. I'm a Hoosier. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't guess you can come back and tell us, Gary. Maybe we can investigate it later, okay? All right. Thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. Keep up the good work out there. Who had the hand raised there? We're about it running was, out of time. It was bob in colorado bob how you doing uh you still sober sound like it yeah yeah good for I you went to court court thursday and um they wouldn't talk about my affidavit or you know they wouldn't let me say anything they like you know forced me to get an attorney or try to make me get an attorney and they they threatened to put me in jail uh, okay bob 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 let's back up what were you in court for for that dui uh-oh but i was just wanting to know i didn't get a chance to listen to the friday call is brent winters helping people but get their 
with any of their legal stuff? Well, he's I, an I he's an I, he's an attorney for hire, so my answer off the cuff is yes. I was going to re-listen to the call. Is the way to get a hold of him just through that website? His and, website, commonlawyer.com, and there's a contact button on there, and you want to uh, hit that and send him an email. I've done that, and then there's an 800 number on there, too. Don't I just know. did it yesterday. Well, I don't know about the 800 number. I know about the email deal. Okay, so I've done that. All right. Well, I'll – I'll drop him a note, Bob, and tell him that you got that problem and that you're looking for some potential legal help and pay attention to it, okay? I appreciate that. All right. Roger. You're welcome. Who else has got anything? Hey, Gary. Like this is Mike from Birmingham. I'm from hey, right. East Chicago. He's from East Chicago, Gary. Well, hold on. Let's wrap up the program here. we got to get Jim Ram on in a second. Does anybody have anything to add right at the last here? I'd like to add something about the birth certificate. Yes, sir. Quick. Okay, I'm Jim from Pennsylvania. Real quick, people don't realize how the birth certificate is captured. See, when you when you have a child and you go to hospital, hospitality, okay, first of all, when the, they, they, they attack the mother and they want to put her maiden name on her. But if you're married, you know that you're the, you're the father, you're ahead of that estate. So once, you sign, once the mother signs out, once she signs her maiden name, she breaks the estate and she gives her child up to the state. So, but if she would real quick say, okay, I'll sign it and sign her married name because people don't realize logically you're losing you're using you're using your her married name for everything else but but the birth certificate okay well it doesn't really matter that you can do all that and file an affidavit and get out of it that's what counts okay and it's not used as a warehouse receipt anymore exactly and you don't keep the original birth certificate and and then you and then you can send that in with the state and that gives you constitutional status right off the bat. You won't even have to go. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I, do, I agree with all that, but we're running out of time. We can't discuss it. So okay. call back tomorrow, Jim, okay? Um, right now, I got a, a, I got some music and stuff in the background. I'm about to run out of time, and Jim Ram might be getting nervous. So I don't want that to happen. Hey, Jimbo. I'm rock solid. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't have to worry about being okay. nervous. Okay, good. He's not getting anxious at all. And uh, we're about to turn the, the whole shooting match rodeo over to him here in a second. Uh, thanks, you guys. Good show today. We uh, discussed some important stuff. Got some new folks on there. And good to meet you and hear from you. And we will do the same thing for two hours tomorrow at the same time at the same place. So hopefully we'll see you there and tell some of your friends if you want. Otherwise, I'm going to turn this shooting match over to Mr. Ram, and he's going to talk about more than likely. Well, he's got. Uh, you should have John and Kathy on because they weren't on last yeah, week, we right? New today. Okay, got something really new today. Well, okay, we just got kicked off the server, my friend. So it's all yours. Okay. <laughs>